0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Crimevine podcast. How are you all doing today? I am doing a double upload this week. I... Okay, so yesterday was Monday. That was the day that, you know, I was going to... It's my upload day for the podcast. And I uploaded a kind of like discussion and what I thought about the Ted Bundy movie, um, extremely wicked, shockingly evil and vile. Yeah, you guys did not like that. Um, so I'm going to upload this as kind of like a makeup for that. I might end up deleting that podcast episode. Um, I, It's come to my attention that um, you guys would like much rather, you know, strictly the facts and all that and not really much discussion or conversation, which is totally fine. Everybody's got their preferences. And like I said, I'm here to cater to what you guys want. So I'm going to try that out with this episode and kind of see how it goes, I guess. Um, This case is a case that I have been following for quite some time. I have been hooked. This case has really roped me in and I kind of had suspicions of who I thought you know, committed this crime. And those suspicions came out to be fact, um, later or earlier in, um, I want to say 2017 is when like everything like this whole, like the case was reopened in 2014, but then in 2017 is when everything was kind of really made public. Um, so yeah, this case is, it's wild. It's crazy. It's involving the real life killer clown, not John Wayne Gacy, so I guess that is the real-life killer clown. Um, this is one of the real-life killer clowns, I guess you could say. This case is very interesting. It's there's a lot to it, um, and it's kind of wild and out there. I'm not gonna lie, it's there's it's crazy. It's a crazy case, and it's very very interesting. So. I'm going to be discussing the case of Marlene Warren, who was brutally murdered in her home in Florida in 1990. So if you guys are interested, grab yourselves a drink because this vine will rope you in. So to get a more understanding of where this crime took place, I'm going to take you back to Wellington, Florida. Wellington is a very posh place, so let me paint a little picture for you. It's a hidden jewel in the crown of Palm Beach County, and this area is flooded with power and money. Many famous people have been or even resided here, such as President Kennedy, who played at the Oceanside Kennedy compound. There's the Wellington of the equestrian side where Bruce Springsteen has a house and Bill Gates built an estate there. Now let's take a look into the neighborhood Aero Club. There is a runway located right in the middle of people's backyards where they land their own private planes. So it gives you kind of an idea of how posh this neighborhood really is. Now let's take it all the way back to 1990 when a visitor who didn't belong in Aero Club entered. Just before 11 a.m. on a Saturday in May, a visitor showed up to 40-year-old Marlene Warren's house on Takeoff Street, dressed in a colorful clown costume, holding balloons and flowers for Marlene. Marlene answered the door and graciously accepted the flowers and balloons and even said how pretty they were. One of the balloons said, you're the greatest. But not long after that, she was met with a gun pointed at her and in point-blank range, a shot was fired to her face. The clown then calmly walked back to their white Chrysler LeBaron and took off heading down the same street, Takeoff Street. Joe, who was Marlene's son, who was at the time 22 years old, was home with some friends, and he managed to get a decent look at his mother's attacker. Neighbors reportedly said they remember hearing the sound which sounded like a nail gun which is oftentimes used in construction on hard surfaces. This neighbor saw some commotion from the back of the house as a few young 20 year olds ran out of the house saying Joey's mother was shot. The neighbor's wife told the boys to stay there as her husband went to go see what had happened and called the 911. Marlene did not die instantly, however her health lingered for a few days. Just two days later, Marlene unfortunately passed away due to her injuries. No one around Aero Club really knew Marlene. They would exchange hellos and goodbyes occasionally, but that was basically the extent of their relationship with her. No one had any idea who could have possibly done this. In the true crime world, people knew that this wasn't a random attack. A random attack wouldn't be this malicious. This was personal. People were genuinely shocked and Marlene's parents said that she had no enemies. She was very friendly, she was loving, kind, and always willing to help people and she was a very respected person. It was no coincidence that it was a clown who showed up to take Marlene's life. Marlene's family has always had an interest in clowns. In fact, her parents even have a circus room at their house where there's a picture or several pictures and figurines of clowns and circus animals. Marlene even painted a very well done painting of a clown in her teenage years. Michael Warren, who is Marlene's husband of 18 years, who was explained as a very confident self-made man, but neighbors thought he was kind of a fish out of the water, very rough around the edges, if you will. In Wellington, everyone knew everyone. People would often go to the country club or even the grocery store, but Michael wasn't a part of that. You never ran into him anywhere. At the time of Marlene's death, Michael owned and ran a used car agency. Michael seemed to be a magnet for bad energy. His plane disappeared once and it showed up somewhere with a broken engine and nobody knows what happened. He even had race horses and at one point one of the horses showed up dead. Marlene had told people that her marriage was rocky and the family business made it even rockier. Marlene and Michael owned a lot of property and most of the property was in Marlene's name. So if there were ever to be a divorce, it would be a complicated one at best. It was speculated that Michael may have had a mistress and Marlene even told her parents, if anything happens to me, Michael did it. Detectives monitored the cemetery on the day of Marlene's burial, who showed up and who didn't. Debra Offord and Barbara Castricani, who owned a costume shop in town, one of three at the time. Leading up to Marlene's murder, Debra remembers a customer who showed up after closing time and was very persistent in wanting a clown costume. They asked the woman to come back the next morning, but she was hell-bent that she needed the costume that night. Deborah gave police a description of this woman who seemed to be 5'8 with brown eyes, long chocolate hair, wearing jeans and a men's work shirt. This costume cost around $80 and it was paid for in cash. The balloons given to Marlene would offer up some clues to this case. The balloon that read, you're the greatest, was only sold at one store in Palm Beach County called Publix. The sales clerk from the store gave the same description of the customer to the detectives. Four days after the event took place, detectives located the Chrysler LeBaron at a Royal Shopping Plaza, only five miles from where the murder took place. Interestingly enough, no murder weapon or fingerprints were found in the vehicle. However, there was a particle of hair coming from a clown wig found in the vehicle. Due to evidence testing at this time, they were not able to link this to the person who they suspect. Detectives started questioning Michael's associates about the suspicion of Michael cheating on Marlene, and they confirmed them. They said that Michael was having an affair with a specific woman who used to repossess cars for him by the name of Sheila Keene. Now, Sheila grew up in a small town on the outside of the Everglades. Sheila wanted money. She wanted nice things, and Michael was able to give those to her. Many people describe Sheila as fearless. She would go to any neighborhood, any day of time, during the day, nighttime, and she would repossess cars. She had no fears. However, Michael and Sheila both deny any romantic relationship. Suspicions on Sheila grew when she entered an auto parts shop that she frequently visited. Only this time, she was wearing a clown costume, and she was there to entertain the owner's children sheila was married to a man 20 years older than her and he was a member in the clan and reportedly she really loved this man but when her marriage went out of control and ended she spent her free time with michael warren according to the police michael was paying for an apartment for sheila the residents of the apartment thought the two were married that's how often michael was there police got a search warrant for sheila's apartment taking samples of her hair and taking some clothing particles but they did fail to find a costume or gun. Now police are taking a long hard look at Michael. What would Michael get if his wife were to turn up dead? Her life insurance policy, the family business and their Aero club home. It all in all equals to a seven figure payout for Michael. The Chrysler LeBaron police were able to link it back to a dealer in West Palm Beach, Florida. They linked it back to a dealer called Bargain which was Michael Warren's company. In fall of 2017, Sheila Keene was arrested for the murder of Marlene Warren. Sheila and her now husband have long been considered persons of interest in the murder. It wasn't until 2017 that detectives were able to take a case to a Florida grand jury to charge Sheila with first-degree murder. At the time, the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office noted the cold case unit and reopened the case in 2014. Witnesses were recontacted and additional DNA analysis was conducted. Released information also reveals that according to DNA tests conducted in 2016 by the FBI, the hair found in the car could have come from Sheila. Following DNA testing in 2016, detectives conducted an extensive investigation in 2017. And in May in 2017, detectives discovered a marriage certificate Indicating Sheila and Michael got married in Vegas. Their certificate stated that the couple would live in Kingsport. Also in May 2017, detectives learned that Michael Warren made a death claim on a life insurance policy. He received $53,000 in June 1991. On August 31, 2017, prosecutors presented the case to a Palm Beach County grand jury, which returned a true bill charging Sheila with first-degree murder. The indictment was sealed as authorities worked discreetly with law enforcement in the Mountain Empire to locate the couple. With help from the U.S. Marshals Services, investigators were able to determine that Sheila was spotted one day in the passenger seat of a Cadillac Escalade. It was believed she and her husband were traveling to Vermont to visit her mother. And then on September 26, 2017, Florida investigators traveled to Abington, Virginia, to meet with the Washington County Sheriff's Office and U.S. Marshals agents. Officers conducted a traffic stop on the Escalade in the area of Good Hope Road near the Warren home. Washington County Sheriff's Office, Lieutenant Dewey Fulton, took Sheila into custody. Sheila was held for a few days at the Southwest Virginia Regional Jail in Abington before being transferred to Palm Beach County, where she is now being held. If convicted, Sheila could face the death penalty. Prosecutors wanted Sheila to go to trial in November 2019, but a judge instead set a hearing for April 2019. Defense attorneys say old evidence is slowing the process down. And during a hearing in April 2019, Palm Beach County Circuit Judge Joseph Marks set the trial against Sheila Keen Warren for January 31st, 2020, according to court records. So what do you guys think about this case? I personally, while reading this and you know researching it and following this case, I've always thought it was Sheila and Michael Warren. I definitely thought that something was suspicious about them and- um, Michael just obviously was not happy in his marriage. And, um, Marlene even said that it was a rocky marriage. So they clearly both wanted to get out. Um, I, and, Michael just probably thought, you know, that he wouldn't get much out of a divorce. He would get more out of her death because out of her death, he got her entire life insurance policy. He got complete ownership of the company and he even got complete ownership of their home in Arrow Club. So if they were to get a divorce, he would most likely get half of that and he would not get her life insurance policy. So I definitely think that Michael and Sheila are behind this murder I definitely don't think it was just like something coincidence that happened. And especially if the murder showed up in a clown costume, like full out, decked out clown. And somebody close to her or close to Michael would have had to do this because they would have had to know that Sheila had... I don't want to say an obsession, but Sheila's family had an interest in clowns. And how is just anybody going to know that? She seemed like a well-kept person and didn't really, you know, voice those things out to many people. So it's definitely an interesting thing to think about. It's definitely an interesting case to look at. I look forward to seeing what happens in... um, During the trial in January of 2020, I will definitely keep you guys updated with what I find. And I want to know what you guys think of this case. So please head over to my Instagram, The Crime Vine Podcast, and tell me what you guys think. I'm interested to see what your opinions on this case are and what you you thought of it and if you've been following it or if this is the first time that you're hearing of it. And if you could please take a few moments and review or rate this podcast on whatever platform you're listening to, that would greatly help me out. Thank you guys again for listening and I will talk to you guys in my next podcast episode.